Outrage brought color to my chalky cheeks. What kind of jerk hangs a mirror in his office and angles it so terminally ill patients have to see just how ghastly they look? Evie, Katzen said, and I had the impression he'd spoken my name several times. I dragged my gaze away from the mirror to see him wiping his little glasses with a handkerchief. Yes. He began talking, but the medical jargon washed over me. Maybe it was the exhaustion. Maybe it was the morphine. But I couldn't seem to focus on any one thing for more than a few seconds. How his jaw kept going sideways as he spoke. A clear effort to hide the fact that he was chewing gum. The spots of what looked like spilled coffee on the collar of his starched white lab coat. His Kelly green tie with the golf clubs. I decided I really hated that tie. Katzen's moves seemed choreographed as he put his glasses back on, folded his hands on the desk blotter, and leaned toward me. Even his compassionate expression looked practiced. I'm sorry, Evie. There's nothing more to be done, he said surreptitiously moving his gum to the other side of his mouth. Sorry? Rage swept through me, stealing my breath and pounding in my throat as we sat looking at one another. I quivered with the sudden yearning to punch him, kick him, anything to wring some semblance of genuine emotion from him. Rather than this facade that he must have learned in med school, delivering bad news 101. But I only gave him a tight, quick smile that mirrored his own and made my voice professional. Thank you, Dr. Katzen. Pushing myself to my feet, I tried to ignore the too familiar dizziness and braced against the chair's hardwood back. Bad enough to feel this way. I hated the appearance of weakness, and forced my chin up to meet the doctor's knowing gaze. Katzen rose and ran his hands down his gray flannel pants to smooth them. You're welcome, Evie. Coming around his desk, he made a beeline for the heavy wooden door and opened it, then stood there, waiting for me to leave. You know about being reimbursed for parking? Oh, wait, With the pain meds, I don't guess you're driving anymore. I almost laughed, but it would have been hard and bitter. No, I took a cab. He uttered some inanity about the unseasonably warm weather as I concentrated on getting out of his office. At this point in my illness, the weakness was more maddening than the pain although several doctors had assured me that the pain would only get worse, would, in fact, increase beyond even morphine's ability to control. Out in the sterile hallway, I leaned weakly against the wall, closed my eyes, and took deep breaths. For one brief minute, I saw myself standing on Grand's front porch as my mother drove away, 
and two thoughts pounded through my seven-year-old mind. That Pokedot, my only stuffed animal, was smashed in the back door of the car, his ratty tail blowing in the wind as the old Buick disappeared around the corner. And the fact that Mama didn't even ring the doorbell after pushing me and my cardboard suitcase up the steps. When I opened my eyes, the nurse was marching a defeated-looking woman down the hall. Before they entered Katzen's office, I saw the desperate look in the patient's faded green gaze, and I wondered what she saw in mine. Nothing more to be done. Nothing more to be done. As Gran had taught me, I put my head up, squared my shoulders and got my feet moving. I caught a cab, intending to go back to my hotel room. I had no plans after that.